0: With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek the adventure of the unknown. Join us everyday Aussies from all walks of life, share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques, to the emotional roller coaster ride of fulfilling a lifelong dream. There is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Righto guys,
1: part two of Kyrgyzstan. The um, Mid Asian ibex uh, with Ben Solaris. Solaris, sorry for mispronouncing it. Some people say it one way, some people say it the other. You way. said it right the first what? time, mate. S- yeah, Solaris.
0: Yeah, yeah. Solaris. No, Solaris. Solaris. Righto. Well, in Spanish, in Catalonian, you meant to say Cierres. Solaris. sayeres With Solaris. a Y. Yeah. 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 Rightio. So in Catalonia, that's how you'd say it. So that's how you'd say it. But in so Australia, so for all you Solaris. Mexicans, Solaris. C- Close righto enough. guys close enough
1: <laughs> <laughs> well guys part two and um the first lot the first lot if you had um, part one sorry if you did not listen to it go back and listen to it because that goes through how to organize a hunt like this um a, a rough guideline of gear you need and how to go about it and who to talk to if you wanted to organize a trip like this and um, I spoke. We spoke roughly about um, the 2019 trip that you went on, Ben. That um, wasn't successful for you for yourself, but Corey Nash and Mick Rodolphi frigging nailed one with yep. a bow, That's and it. the rest
0: of the gang nailed a couple with a rifle. That's hey? right. Yeah, they all were successful. Yeah, they got some beauties with the rifle. Jen, Jen got the. The nicest trophy out of the lot. she got an absolute thumper that was a beautiful aren't we? and um baz and raf did too yeah they they all they all they all shot beautiful ibex yeah right eh? all right well
1: hit us mate 2000 and friggin yeah.
0: 22. well it's been a busy it's been a busy year for a number of reasons like getting married in in august uh, all the preparations that went into that um, being a being a um, self-organized wedding up at the up at the farm at mission Beach and yeah just a couple of other hunting trips this year and yeah did a trip, bit, massive trip up to the NT guiding some Mexican uh, friends of mine this year there's been a lot on this year and yeah like it's it's been a hectic well, I, think, I guess they all are hectic but this year has been very hectic and yeah um, yeah, like i but this was like the jewel in the crown for, for, for this year. Like this was the this was the thing I guess I was looking forward to the most. I hope Marcella doesn't listen to this. But <laughs> But yeah, like after all these years of not being able to travel overseas, you know, like um yeah, it was almost like a fantasy being able to like just being released back into um yeah, back into the overseas scene again. Um Basically the way this one panned out was the outfitter that, so in 2019, we got split into two different groups and went with two completely different outfitters, like totally unrelated outfitters. One of them stood out uh, uh, compared to the other. And um, after that hunt, right at the end, we met, I met with him personally and had a bit of a meeting and talked about, right, like, if we want to come back, how's it going to work? What are your prices? blah. Blah, blah. And I've been in touch with with that fellow ever since then. So since that hunt in 2019, yeah. our conversation has been um, ongoing. And, and you've built a relationship. Yeah, with him, absolutely. Yeah. And this relationship's been built through um, translated text messages, basically through WhatsApp. So yeah. he doesn't speak any English whatsoever. He can what barely, do they speak over there? Well, they speak Kyrgyz, which is the local um, language of Kyrgyz. Uh, Kyrgyzstan and they also speak Russian as their second language yep and that those two languages use basically the same alphabet but the language is actually the words are different yeah right so English is kind of like a third a third language if anything to them and Mm -hmm. some of them speak a little bit um and generally in camp like on a guided hunt like this you'll have a translator um who who can translate the majority of things that need to be translated so otherwise it's charades well, it's a combination of charades and Google Translate. Yep. So on a hunt like this, Google Translate is just such a massive tool. Yeah. And with Google Translate, you can actually download certain languages onto your phone so that you don't need service. Yeah, So, right for on. example, for a hunt like this, you download Russian. I downloaded Russian and Kyrgyz.
1: Yep. Kyrgyz. Yeah. Yep.
0: And, and then that gives you the capacity, no matter whether you're in camp, comfortably sipping on a cup of tea, talking about what things are gonna cost or what the, how things are working with permits or like more detailed stuff. Or if you're on the side of a mountain about to put a stalk on an Ibex and you, you're trying to figure out what's going on, yeah. you've got that capacity to communicate. And otherwise you don't, like you, 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 it, it's an incredible tool to have at your disposal on your phone. Yeah. Um, and they know that too. Have. It's a must-have. Absolutely, it's a must-have. Yeah. Must yeah, and they know that, <clears throat> and um, that makes sense. I, I can't imagine what it be what it would have been like um, twenty years ago when hunting sort of first opened up in these areas. Like it would have been gerades. Yeah, like unless you had a really um, a really capable translator there, twenty four seven. Yeah, um, you'd be in trouble. So. Yeah, so the the language barrier is a big thing, and it can be very frustrating at certain moments. Like there are moments when you're actually hunting where you don't have the time, or you've got gloves on, or the, there's there's certain moments where you don't have the ability to communicate what you want to communicate quickly. Yeah, and at them
1: times, but like um. I've noticed it because we've had some oh, we've European descent, of so I've had European people come over here. At them times at the heat of the moment, generally it doesn't take long. It might be a spur of you the know, a quick few seconds, you're trying to work out what's going on, but it doesn't take long to friggin'
0: work out exactly what's happening. Am I right there? like? Yeah, a lot of the time, yes. But there are so many different scenarios that play out and so many different situations and it's a really tough one in a place like Kyrgyzstan because I'll I'll be honest their their culture when it comes to hunting, when it comes to the actual the actual moment of truth particularly yep. when animals have been spotted and you're in range and you're either stalking or you're shooting, yeah their approach is very rushed okay. and very Will that be
1: the case of dealing with rifle hunters, do you think? Uh, overall because yeah like it there's you know in the percentage of bow hunters going over there the rifle hunters would be what 0.1 Less
0: of a percent yeah Right-o. Okay, yeah. so it'd be 0.1 of a percent and they've never seen bow hunting like where, where i went in 2019 they'd never seen bows they'd never seen bow hunters where i, think, Corey they think and I we're went crazy um i think there's a combination of thinking you're crazy and probably a bit stupid and a bit dumb, but also being a bit um, <laughs> a bit in awe by like what, like also being like wow, these guys are actually attempting to do this as well. Yeah. So they're
1: they're sort impressed of in, in yeah, one, they're in impressed. Yeah, they're impressed in sense. one
0: in one sense, and then they're they're also frustrated in another because they're not used to yeah. having to deal with these people that are trying to kill these things with a boat. Yeah, and that can get tricky and yeah. i'll be I'll be completely honest like it can get very frustrating they don't they do not in their culture understand the value of shooting at animals that have not been spooked yet so if you can if you can if you can absorb that mm. they do not understand the value of shooting at an animal that's calm whether it be with rifle or bow yeah they are so used to shooting at animals that have already been spooked at even bloody 500 or 600 metres. Yeah. It's just kind of normal there. And they don't seem to understand that, hey, let's pull up the horses. Well, it's not kind of normal. It is normal to them. Yeah, it is normal. It's it's part of the culture. and, and, And hunting is only, like, international hunting has only been a thing there since the early 90s. I think it was 90, it was either 1990 or 91 that the first international hunters got there. And for whatever reasons, their culture in terms of their guiding and hunting has developed in a way that it's all very rushed. It's all very frantic. Yeah. But once you spot animals, it gets frantic. And no matter how much you try to slow them down, no matter how much you say, look, just stop, slow down. I'm going like this all the time, going, yeah. slow down, yeah. slow down. There's no need to rush those animals have got no idea we're here. Yeah. Just slow down. Yeah. But they don't listen. They don't mm. get it. And you, no matter what you do, so you've got to be, if you want to do this sort of hunt, you've got to be ready for that sort of shit. Yeah. And there's no point you cracking the shits when things don't go your way because well, it's not can... going to go your way. No. Nah. It's not going to nah. go your way very often. You've got to, you've got to roll with the punches and you've got to be, you've got to be, you've got to accept what, You've got to accept how the guides are and how the culture is, and you've got to roll with it. Yeah. Otherwise, don't go there. Like you've got to, you've got to accept how it is and, and but being work that, with it.
1: But being that, you know, you've been two trips now with them. They're slowly, correct me if I'm wrong. They're slowly coming around. You know, they're slowly understanding. No. 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 It's they just won't, go, go, go.
0: No. They won't. The I don't think there'll ever be enough. Um, I don't think there'll ever be enough, bow say, hunting bow hunting and bow hunting influence and 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 any kind of influence, to change things very quickly. Yeah, they are so set in their ways. Yeah, and that's all they know. Yeah, and they don't know any different. And they'll never. Those guides, they don't, they don't go and guide in New Zealand or in Australia. That that's all they, they know is YouTube. what happens there. No, they don't watch YouTube. So what happens there and, and how that culture has developed that's that's their world. That's, the, that's it that's yeah. that's all they know yeah and it's really frustrating for us cuz like people like you or me we've seen a fair few animals stalked and, and shot and we know there's a time to animal...
1: make it happen but
0: yeah there's a you time got, to you move know
1: when to make it happen when not to make it happen
0: that's right there's a time to move there's a time to stay still there's a time to just sit down and just sit the hell still for half an hour and watch. Yeah. But they they just unfortunately have never learned that and it's just not part of the culture. And yep. that's just how we must we must accept that. Yeah. There's no point trying to change things. There's no point trying to train train them. Um it's just it's just not going to happen in the space of a hunt. So that can be incredibly frustrating. And there were moments, both last trip and this trip, where I just like I was getting to my uh, what? How would I say it politely? Um, there was moments where I nearly blew up and just said, "Look, yeah, this is just this is just too this is just too hard." Yeah, because if you try and act like you know everything and you know better, they get offended.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, you because yeah, they they think they know
0: better. You're a guest in their country. You're yeah. hunting their animals in their country. Yeah. you try and go. Oh, look, I'm a I'm this I'm a big I've time hunter from Australia. Really I know everything. I know how to hunt and I know how to stalk, and you guys just need to back off. Do you think that would work? Do you think that's going to be accepted? Nah. Like, yeah. So it's very tricky. These and these things. The, and
1: then the language barrier and, and the then you got the language. That's that's
0: it. it. So you got a lot to deal with. Like you got a lot of things to deal with that you're trying to balance all the time. And um, even the day I, even the day that I got my OBEX this year only two hours before that i was pulling my hair out yeah we had we came over a rise and we'd already stuffed up one stalk because of the guides just being too rushed and too quick and not not being aware of where the wind was going had some totally unaware ibex it was a very small mob only three billies together which is a but like when you get only three billies in one group, that's a that's yeah. as good as you're gonna get as a stalking opportunity. Well,
1: before you go too deep, you've friggin' you got you into friggin' two hours and you mate. killed your big your big fella. So let's start, you land yeah. in now for the second time.
0: Yeah, so yeah, landing it was um yeah, it was Was
1: three of you, correct?
0: There's only three of us, yeah. There's one of us one of us, um we were meant to be a group of four, but well, mate, Chris, who's a rifle hunter from Sydney, he—this um, is a funny story, so I better tell it. But he—he he made the very interesting decision to get a vasectomy about two months before the hunt, and um, very sadly and unfortunately, developed some kind of infection in his uh, scrotum as a result. And um, can you imagine riding a horse with an infected scrotum? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not the right procedure to get done before a hunt in no. Kyrgyzstan. Um I love you, Chris, but mate, it just wasn't the right
1: thing to do. Just save it for after. Unless he was, yeah, coulda yeah.
0: coulda waited. Could have waited. Um so yeah, it was devastating. But yeah, Chris Chris couldn't join us. He had to pull out right at the last minute. So it ended up being Baz and um and Owen Trowbridge. Um Oh he's from New Zealand, he runs Hyper the Hunt, um an outfitting um, business in New Zealand, uh, very successful and keen young fella, um, and a and a proper legend. So yeah, it was just Baz and Owie and me, and um, we landed Baz in Biscuit Bishke- Brown, Brown Fox, Fox yeah, yeah, who was with me in 2019. So Baz was um, Baz was targeting a Marco Polo this this time. Um, Owen was just after ibex, and I was obviously just after ibex as well. And um, yeah, finally the day came, and we we met up in Sydney. Got a bit of gear sorted the night before at Baz's house in Sydney and then flew very early the next morning. Had no issues flying over, um, no issues with rifles or bows or any gear. Landed in Bishkek and we, um, And Bishkek yeah. is the capital of yeah, Kyrgyzstan? Yeah, Bishkek's the capital of Kyrgyzstan. It's so you're imp-
1: from Sydney or Australia to...?
0: To, the, the easiest place to fly through is Dubai, Dubai or, or yeah, Abu Dhabi. Dubai, but yeah. Um, that's the most direct route basically is... So it's yeah. just two flights. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two flights. Um, we just did Sydney to Dubai. We actually had a bit of a stopover in Dubai for, I think, 10 or 12 hours. And um, it was interesting because a, a past client of Owen's, um, uh, Wadi, his name is, he's he's uh, a bow hunter from Lebanon who lives in... Um, in Dubai, yeah, he's he's his uh, Instagram handle is Lebanese bowhunter. Oh yeah, yeah. so I think, year, I think you're, I think year, you follow year. him, yeah. So Wadi picked us up in Dubai and took us took us around Dubai. We went to the mall and went cruising around Dubai and just checking different things out, uh, which was great. It was It was just an awesome start to the trip and just to hang out with, just to meet a bowhunter from a completely different culture, completely mm. different country. And just to be on that same page, you know, like just... It just it just reinforced the the the, the thing that I already knew, that we're just... It doesn't matter where you're from or what we're all your the, background is. Or we're all the same. We're all the, we're all the same. And we talk yeah. the same language. We talk yeah, about the same shit. Yeah, we might look shit. a little
1: different. We might talk a little different. But we shoot different cord and we thing. shoot
0: different arrows and different bows and whatever, but we're all cut from the same mold. And, yeah, it was just so... Um, it was just such a great day to hang out in Dubai with him and yeah we went to the mall which is the biggest mall in the world and it's just a it's just a it's almost um, yeah it's almost uh, Dubai is an interesting place it doesn't float my boat it's it's too fake and too sort of um, it's too consumerist and too commercialised for my sort of it's not my scene Yeah, I'd rather be in the mountains in Kyrgyzstan on a bit of horse meat than than, than there but um, it was good. It was interesting. And then the next day, or that night, yeah, flew to flew to Bishkek, landed there early in the morning, checked into a hotel, had the had the day and the night just to acclimatise and get our gear sorted, and then yeah, got picked up the next morning and went to camp. In um, camp,
1: so it's not just down the road, like
0: yeah, that generally that's
1: half an adventure in itself, is it not?
0: That's right. Yeah. So generally, like the closest. The closest hunting areas that I've been to, I've been to three different areas now um, across two trips. And the closest one would have been about eight hours to nine hours drive from Bishkek. Yeah. And the furthest was probably 10 or 11. So you're sort of looking between eight and 11 hours drive yeah, to get to, to those mountains. Camp. Yeah, about a 10-hour drive. Yeah. So that's a big day.
1: That's a big day.
0: And you'll stop on the way and have have a feed at a nice restaurant, have some traditional, traditional food and... Um, Like we had, like I ate horse meat on the, on the, on the, for lunch on the way out there and had a few vodkas at lunchtime and yeah, like you just, you're always trying different things and, and, um.
1: Well, you're not only there for the hunt and that's what you're there for, the hunt and the kill, but you're there to experience Uh, the, that's the whole thing about these adventure hunts. It's an adventure.
0: Like. That's right. The experience to me, like the experience of, of going to a place like Kyrgyzstan and just having having like building these relationships with the people there and experiencing things like the food um, the nightlife the the um, just seeing things like traffic like how they drive for example yeah. like half the time you're shitting yourself in the car like they drive you right like, or a left-hand drive. They're, they're right. So they're on the opposite side to us, and they're psychos. Like, they are psychos. No, so the
1: steering wheel's on the left-hand side?
0: No, they drive on the right-hand side of the road, so the steering wheel's on the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah. right, eh? Hey? Yep. So opposite, exact opposite to us for yep. both. Yep. But they drive like, like you, you, you think you might die any second, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's just out it's the like outfit. Oh no, 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 <laughs> way worse than you, yeah, way worse than you. Like it is, that's hard. Like there's all these different things that that come into play. Like um, and yeah, like it's 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 that whole experience and the and all the things that you see and smell and touch and feel and and taste and like there's so many things that come into play that are external to the actual the actual hunt itself it's foreign to your
1: mind your taste your smells everything's
0: and that's not for everyone like it's not some people don't want that no some people aren't interested in that
1: yeah which is fair Um,
0: yeah that's right we're all we're all different um we all we all like different things and are interested in different things but for me that's a massive part of it for me like going to these sort of places it's um it's it's it, it's it's equal, if not bigger than the actual hunt and yep. the actual shot and the actual taking of an animal. Yeah. Um, it's it's I, I've always been obsessed with traveling and, and going to places that are a little bit off the um, off the beaten path and um, to be able to combine that with hunting really cool animals is just to me that's that's the that's as good as life gets for me. Like that's as exciting. I've done a lot of shit in my life and I've experienced a lot of different things and a lot of different aspects of life. Yeah. But that doesn't that's that's as Tastes good as K. it gets. Yeah. That's there's nothing that I know of that that gets more that to me is the pinnacle of the things that I can experience in my life. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm in a dream like like when I was there it, it just both trips, including this year, like it just feel, it felt like I was in some sort of dreamscape the whole time from yeah. when we landed to when we left, yeah. And I actually felt quite, when I got back to Australia, I felt quite down a little bit like for the first week or so when I got back because you're on such a high and you're just so, you're just in another world um, and your, your brain and your mind has adapted to this completely different world. Or a different pace of life. Yeah, just just and, and when you get back to to normality it's sort of like, oh Yeah, right eh?
1: back yeah, to the growing.
0: It's 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 even though you're coming back to your family and your your wife and your your children and, and normality and your own home and stuff like that, it's still like, oh it's 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 yeah, a strange part of emotion. You yeah. You're back there. It's yeah. hard to explain. It's very yeah. hard to explain, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. But
1: What a ten hour drive.
0: You've yeah, 10-hour drive to camp. Eating horse
1: steak on the way?
0: Yeah, ate some horse meat on the way there and um, got into camp that afternoon. Um, when we got there, like it, it gets more and more remote as you sort of get out further. Like You go through one kind of semi-major city on the way out called Marin. Um,
1: when you say semi-major city, like what sort of population are we talking
0: about? Uh, I'd say there'd be about probably ten thousand or twenty thousand people there. Decent. Probably more, probably thirty thousand. Yeah, right Um, decent sized city. We actually stayed there, sorry. We stayed there on the on the first night. We we got to there and we stayed in a hotel there. So Baz and I and or and, well, Baz and Owen and I went for a bit of a wander. Went checked out some markets and, and stuff like that. Bought a few little bits and pieces and a few um souvenirs. Um so we stayed there the first night. Then the next morning we took we drove the rest of the way to camp. But on the way to camp we had a major um, malfunction in one of the four-wheel drives, one of the, one of the um, Lankreys, like V8 wagons, where the, um, like on the front left-hand um, wheel, like this, the and house- you're getting
1: th- mechanical on us, guys, so- yeah, yeah, well
0: this, yeah, this is a worry. <laughs> I don't know what that part is that's caught, like basically where the top of the spring where the top, of the housing of the top of the spring, basically just sheared completely off, so it was you're just right not right. even joined on anymore. So there was some serious bush mechanics going on. I couldn't believe what these fellas did with wire, like with about twelve yeah. gauge wire. Um, got it all sorted, and we were there for about two or three hours. And also, like the army turned up. Like you're in an army zone in this in this area. Like you're on the Chinese border, so it's within a military zone. Mm -hmm. So you have to go through several military checkpoints where like literally the army come out and check all your papers and check your passports and all that. Like you're in a zone where you have to be permitted to be in there. Um, And like there's people, there's military out there 24 seven protecting these areas. Um, and they rocked up and had a yarn, and it's just so funny seeing them just get out and shake each other's hand and give each other a hug and talk. And you can't understand what's going on, but you're just standing there. You can, even though you can't understand each word, you can understand what's going on. You can understand. Like you can, you the, get the vibe of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. If it's a. a a happy engagement yeah, or, a, or, or, or a bad That's engagement. exactly right. You can, and you see both. You, you can see feel it,
1: you can see it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah.
0: So even though you can't understand every word verbatim, you can you you get a vibe of what's going mm. on. So you're you probably
1: sort having of a s- laugh, have these bunch of white honkies there. Yeah, you. You oh, they must just to shoot look at us and just go, with a bow, they're nuts. Yeah.
0: like <laughs> they must just go, Who are they? Who are these fellas? <laughs> oh, righto. So, so a bit a bit of drama on the way in. Got into camp. Baz and Owen um, had a few shots with, like, they only took one rifle. Baz took a rifle, had a few shots with it, and, and they were happy that it was tuned in. I had a few shots with my bow, I was happy with everything. Everything seemed to be hitting the mark. And um, I was happy with how, like, I, I was I was like, right, no need for any changes, you know. Like, some trips you go on, or quite regularly I go that's on a, trips. That's an
1: important factor, like, when you get yeah. on a trip like this. Shoot your gear because, First thing you do because them friggin' people at the airport they doesn't doesn't matter if it says fragile on the friggin' box.
0: Yeah, they treat exactly. it like a frigging. And just they, yeah, and just not only not only rough handling or getting knocked or anything like that, but I think just the in a bow, there's like for example you string stringing your cables. That's a lot of kind of material that is very. Um, it's not as um, inert as something like steel or or your composite material that's in the limbs or whatever. Like yeah, it's, it's something, that, yeah. It's, yeah, that's yeah. right. So temperature, elevation, humidity, um, environmental factors. There's a lot of moving parts in a bow. There are a lot of individual parts, and there's a lot of things going on. And most trips I go on overseas, I generally have to change something. I generally move my sights a little bit or change, adjust something it's a little bit. It's
1: generally elevation.
0: Generally, yeah.
1: it's got to do with, um, you know, because the higher you go, the thinner the air, you know what I mean? So that arrow is travelling faster.
0: That's right. And that's what I figured out on that first afternoon, straight away, at longer distances, it became apparent straight away that my arrows were hitting high yeah. at longer distance. And even at even at say 40 meters, they were just shooting slightly high. Yeah. So I knew straight away, I figured out straight away roughly what the percentage difference was in terms of my elevation requirements for my pin. Yeah. So like, for example, at 90 meters, if I, at 90 actual meters, if I set it at about 80 or 82, so about it was 10%. bang on, a bit less, yeah. yeah bit 8%, less. 6%. Yeah. At 40, at 45, I had to set it at like 42. Yeah. So I just figured that out straight away. It was really obvious. Yeah, It didn't take long. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. So I figured that out and I knew straight away, first afternoon, bang, righto. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I can't really, I'm not gonna change my tape, Yeah, but I know that that's roughly yep. what I and need to do. Keep that in the back
2: of your mind. Yeah,
0: you're yep. gonna be within a meter or two and that's all you yep. need. So I figured that out. Um, first day we went out, um, excited as, we did a bit in the morning and out of four wheel drive. Like just saw so many sheep on the first day. There was just Marco Polo everywhere. Like we would have seen the first day. We would have seen over three hundred Marco Polo. Yeah. Like just. And they're a big
1: animal, aren't they? Yep. Like they're not your standard friggin' merino. No, they're like. bigger than
0: a they're bigger than a big horn. Um, in the body, they're big sheep. Yeah. Yeah. They're big. They're, like I think some of the argali's in like further east, like the um, the Altai argali and Gobi argali, they're probably slightly bigger in the body, but there's not much. There's not many sheep bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're massive in the body. So what um, would you say, like
1: 150 kilo animal?
0: Oh,
1: uh, like on the hoof?
0: Yeah, I'd say a little bit less. Yeah. I'd say one twenty to I'd say one twenty to one forty for a, for a big ram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And quite tall, they got a fair bit of leg yeah. under them too, eh? Yep, they've got yeah. long
0: legs for the snow and you whatever. You'd almost
1: say, not that I've ever seen, when I've seen a few freaking full body mounted one at some shows and stuff, almost at a red stag.
0: Not too far off. That's
1: what I mean, like the smaller yeah. end of the red stag level, like. Yep. Yeah, so bigger than your fall probably rooster.
0: Yep. Let's yep. say rooster. Probably Look. almost the height of a, about the height of a rooster, yeah. Yep. Or yep. a fallow, yeah. Yep. Yep. They're, they're, they're quite a, they're a big animal, big horns, big head, big, big chest, big body. Um, and yeah, there was just, just so many of them. I was just shocked at how many we saw. Um, we got like the first day it was sort of Baz and Owen and me together, um, hanging out together and sort of mostly hunting out of a four wheel drive in the morning, just checking sheep, checking a mob there, checking a mob there, and just looking for better rams and sort of glassing different different groups. And then um, one of the guides rocked up with horses and we we went on horseback from then on. And yeah, the rest of the day we went on horses. Baz had a couple of close shaves on on rams. Um, the first group of Ibex that we saw was only a small group of billies. It was about five or six billies together. And they're all thumpers, like they're all good billies. Yeah. And um we put in a we put in a stalk on them and um I could just tell straight away it wasn't gonna be a wasn't gonna be a chance with the bow. So I just said to Owen, you just take it mate. Like you just if you get a shot here, just go We're for it. Do it yeah. Get yeah. it done, you know? Like if you get a shot first day, just bloody Make it happen Oh mate, just yeah. get into it. And he did. He um, got. We got into position. We rode the horses up a hill, and we knew the the these ibex had sort of had sort of walked over this smallish hill and out of sight. So we knew they were going to be over the other side somewhere. And we rode the horses up to a certain point, jumped off, stalked up, got up to the the peak of the ridge, and looked down, and they were about oh two hundred yards or something. And he he nailed one, and it was a thumper, like really nice Billy. Yeah. Um, so that was just to awesome start like to for Owen to get done first day with a great Billy like just just a perfect start you know like just dream dream start um yeah how did the rest of that day and I think Baz had another close shave on on a ram that afternoon but just didn't quite connect um and the next day I went out by myself so I day two I went went by myself just with one guide just just myself and one guide
1: so, so, Owen's tagged out. He's he's, he's tagged out. He's, he's done. Out. First he's got day his of a ten-day hunt. So you got you and Baz left. So Baz is chasing the Marco
0: Polo, yeah, and you're chasing the Olives. So you split up. Yeah. So they went out together again, looking for looking for a sheep for Baz, and I went um, I went in the opposite direction, just with one with one of the guys, one of the local fellas. and we would have ridden probably oh, 20 minutes out of camp spooked a big mob of sheep that that took off and ran out in front of us just they just out in the out in the flats like not even on the mountains just on the flats near the river um feeding at that time in the morning which is pretty cool to see and we came to this point where another like a, a smaller river joined the main river and we sort of had a view back up that valley and when we looked up there we saw a mob of say 100 ibex in one mob and another 20 or 30 in another Yeah, and I'm just looking at them going holy shit like they're in a good they're both in like stalkable positions yeah so we to get to where they were was probably two hours riding like big a big ride up and down big slopes and like when I mean slopes I mean you're hanging on to the horse and you're not sure like you're really not sure if the horse is gonna stay yeah. upright so you know, one like, one foot frigging dragging
1: on the ground pretty much pretty much
0: like i fell off horses three times this trip like i came completely unstuck three times i'm just rubbing a bit of a wound on my leg that still hasn't healed like it's been over three weeks now and that like whatever this is in here in my in my thigh hasn't um or in my shin hasn't hasn't healed yet but yeah like it's it's pretty hairy like yeah. it's you're not you're not risking your life every day, but where the horses go and what they make those horses do is pretty, um, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty. And
1: they're not your standard sort of horse. You'd say they're on the smaller spectrum, yeah. like, um, let's say a 14-hand.
0: Yeah, well, you know horses better than me, but yeah, yeah, so 14 they are hand, smaller.
1: 14-hand, 14 to 13-hand horse, judging by what, you know, in a few
0: photos and yeah. that sort of thing. I was saying, so not a monster horse, so they're very powerful and and, and extremely tough, but they're not big. Yeah. They're, they're smaller, yeah. How's their tack, like their saddles? Like It's good. It's good. Yeah, they're good. The the saddles are always comfortable. I never got a sore ass this trip, eh? Yep, yeah. No, never. What about from riding the horses? No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> 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 right uh, <laughs> No, nah, I never I never I didn't not once did I, like at the end of the day, after a big day, you feel pretty rooted. Like, yeah. like, oh, got, like, but I never had, you yeah, know, I never got sore from yeah. running horse. yeah, oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, that day we got pretty close. We had a, I had a close shave that day. We, we got right over in, in amongst these, uh, in amongst these Ibex and some of them winded us. Like I, I couldn't believe it. We got into this position where we thought we were going to be perfect, like to, to glass them and figure things out. And like, no joke, the wind, the wind wasn't what I would call wrong. It was blowing sort of at, at an angle where it didn't, it didn't appear as though it was going to go down to, and the, like these IBEX were like over a kilometer away. Yeah. Within one minute, they're running for their lives at they over just a kilometer. A distance. Away. That wind, that wind had dropped down over the mountain and then turned a different angle. Yeah. And gone to them where they yeah. were in these mountains. So they're not the, dumb critters like oh mate they're wised and like up the, to humans the and they wind know. yeah they just seem to know where to be to get catch the wind like yeah. they just no matter what, what you try and do what would
1: be their biggest attri- attribute you yeah, know I don't know, friggin oh their person, eyes yeah. more than their scent so their eyes and their yeah. smell yeah. yep
0: their eyes more than their senses smell but they just seem to know where to be to catch the most scent yep yeah. And in those mountains, I don't know what it is. I've never seen anything like it. They just this—the wind always seems to just be wrong. Yeah, it's always going to where they are. Yeah, right. right. Like to be up on a mountain, like like it's hard to explain is, this. Sober. Is
1: the the like we understand thermals here? Like you know what I mean? When it's cold, generally she's pulling downhill. Generally and similar. And when she starts to heat up, you're yeah. pulling uphill. So similar, there is sort
0: of, there is a certain level of similarity with thermals, but there just seems to be this added swirl this added swirl which always goes towards them yeah so for example i'm up on top of a huge mountain the ibex are a kilometer down there the wind's going that way to my left they're 45 degrees to my left so 45 to to the front and left yeah and i'm thinking i'm safe here yeah next minute at one kilometer they're running for their lives over the mountain yeah running for their lives.
1: Well then that terrain would just suck and pull wind. It does, and it just sucks it everywhere. It just out.
0: sucks it all over the shop. And yep. it's, it, it got incredibly frustrating with the wind at times. But anyway, just when, you, just when I thought, righto, I'm, I'm half a chance here. And then you've got animals running for their lives at over a kilometer. You just go, wow, this is, this is, uh, this is pretty tough. Like this, yep. <laughs> is this, is this even doable? So this is day two. Two. Anyway, long story short, there was one mob that weren't winded. There was a couple of nannies and one fairly young Billy yep. um, that were not winded. And my guide said, I'm going to like in Google, using Google Translate and charades, he said, I'm going to go right around here and I'm going to try and push them up to you. Yep. You stay here or you stay over there and try and get ready. And I'm like, righto. And I sort of understood the plan, but I kind of thought I did. He's just taken off on his horse, just bolted off. I'm like, righto, here we go. I've got to get ready for anything. So I sort of got over to the edge where I could see down. Yeah. Within one minute, these ibex are running straight they're at me. On here. They're, yeah. they're running at me. I'm like, shit, righto. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, so I'm trying to figure out. Like it was kind of a bald, like a bald, uh, uh, what would I say, like a bald knob. Yep. And I didn't know exactly where they were going to come up, which, yeah. which, which spot they were going to come up. So I just tried to set myself back in a spot where I gave myself the most opportunity. And I thought, what do I set my pin at here? I have got no idea what, like, what, what do I set? What's the average distance here? You know, like what's a good average. So I set it on 30, yep. within 30 seconds, all of a sudden a nanny's head just pops up over one particular spot. So I'm mm-hmm. like scanning the whole horizon all of a sudden boom, nanny's head, Bump, another nanny. Bump, another nanny. Bump, Billy.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm like with my range finder, come up very slowly. Range 42 meters. Drop the range finder down. Went to reach for my pin to change to 42. They're gone. Yeah. So like, if I had have been more, if I had have thought really quickly and been like really on the ball. This is day two, so yep. I haven't, I haven't, I've, I haven't been in the bush much His yet. Mind
1: thought it was a blessing
0: oh yeah in hindsight but yeah. it may not have been well, it time, may have it been, have been you only it chance. may have been the one and only chance I got yeah yeah absolutely and if I was really on the ball I could have guessed that that was 40 meters and yeah. gone right oh that's 40 meters and just yeah just changed my boy aiming point and I probably would have flogged that thing yeah and he stood there for long enough to do it but I'd I didn't I I ranged and made sure and they just didn't stay there long enough and they yeah. ran. So that was that's that a was a choice. half chance on the second. Yeah, day. But it was
1: still a good choice, like last thing you want to do is wound a green. Yeah, up. that's right. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so I did what I did and the result was what it was. And anyway, I was comfortable with that. And it was a quite a small belly, so I wasn't too Yep. I would have been stoked with him, but uh, Not yeah. gonna lose too
1: much sleep, maybe.
0: Yeah, I wasn't gonna lose too much sleep. So anyway, that was the one sort of close shave for that day. The third day um we went into some Where did we go the third day? When did you see the bears? Oh, that was the third day, that's right. Was now that, you've reminded like me. Like that yeah. is of
1: like I didn't like I remember watching your social media through it and to see a bear is the yeah. last thing I expected in that like you know and you him in Russia, you picture in the mm. you know in the Northern America, but and you, maybe somewhere in Europe, but in that terrain to see a brown bear or that that's wouldn't be a common occurrence no it's not
0: not. and in 2019 like i i I wasn't totally surprised that they were there but in 2019 they sort of told us yeah we don't we don't see them very often that they're here like but we don't we never see them basically yeah so i knew they were pretty low low density but yeah on the third day um, the head guy was like, right, we're going to try this ambush setup, and we're going to go here and set here, like wait here and this is all going to happen this way. And, and I was like going with the flow. We got down in this position after a big ride into this spot and um, when the IBEX came through, they all filtered past at 200 metres. Yeah. And there was like 50 absolute thumpers in one mob. Like yeah, I'm right. talking every single billy that walked past at 200 yards. If you had a rifle, you could have just waited for the biggest one and gone pop. Yeah. And they'll it was a bachelor mob of literally forty or fifty billies. And there know, was yeah. not one small one in there. They were just Giants. Oh man, yeah. like just 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 so many thumpers in one mob. And to watch them all just filter slowly past at two hundred meters, I was like, oh God, like yeah. But anyway, that's just it. That's what that's the game that's we hunting. play. It's hunting. And Anyway, that opportunity was was gone, and now it's probably about 10 a.m., and we went to a totally different spot and where we'd had seen ibex in the distance, like way, way up high, really, really high. So we climbed up there. Some of the guides went back to camp. Some of them stayed with me. Two of them stayed with me, and we had to climb up this real steep, really, really steep shit. It got so steep that I got off the horse and climbed because I just felt too unsafe. Yep. Anyway, we just got right to the top of this mountain and we're probably at about 4,000 metres. Like, we got up real high and it's just covered in snow and, yeah, like proper high country. And Lungs are pumping. Oh, yeah, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, I can't even breathe. I can't even get enough ox. Yeah. Like, I'm just standing there going, yeah.
2: <gasps> <gasps> yeah. just
0: trying to get something into my lungs. I'm standing there and all of a sudden, this bear just runs out from <laughs> some rocks like 200 meters away just running for its life across this big snowfield. yeah and I couldn't even talk or breathe I'm so I'm so stuffed and but I got the attention of one of the other fellas and I'm pointing I'm like bear you know yeah and this bear's just trotting like you know how bears sort of get that sort of half trot sort of roll rolling sort of and he's just running across this snowfield. And um, yeah, it was not a jo- not what I'd call a giant bear, but just a good-sized bear, like a nice-sized yeah. brown bear. Big enough to eat yeah. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to run into it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to run into it. When I saw his tracks, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good-sized bear. But they're actually a Himalayan bl- brown bear is what they are, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're a subspecies that... Yeah, he's native to that area. Like, so they must live in the Himalayas, obviously, um, and that down in that sort of region. And what they other must...
1: predators do these apart from humans? So you got the bear. Yep. What is what other predators prey on these ibex and sheep the, and that sort of thing, the, in this area?
0: The two main predators that actually can catch them are wolves and snow leopards. Right, so yeah. he, it's 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 proper snow leopard country and proper wolf country. Right. And you see a lot of you see a lot of kills. You see yeah. a lot of deadheads. heads. There's They're a lot all going on over... that you don't see yep. what's happening. There's a about. lot happening at night that you don't see. Yeah. Yeah. And and there must be like there must be a fair number of predators considering the number of prey. Yeah. Um, and I saw a lot of wolf tracks. I didn't see any snow leopard tracks this time. I saw saw snow leopard tracks last last trip. I didn't see any leopard tracks this time, but. The, the head guide there said, yeah, I see quite a few per year. Yeah. But they don't see many bears. And see, those bears, they wouldn't be able to catch anything. They wouldn't be able to catch an ibex or a sheep. No way in the world.
1: Yeah, right. right. So they
0: must purely survive on... Scavenging. Scavenging the remains of what the wolves and leopards kill. Yeah. yeah. So saw this bear take off, and it was really interesting because there was an ibex, a young billy perched up on a rock resting... And I could see him from a long distance, like over a K. And this bear didn't know the Ibex was there. And the Ibex didn't know the bear was running straight at him. And the bear just ran right up exactly to that rock
1: Mm -hmm. to like
0: 50 metres away. And neither of them knew each other was there. And I I was thinking, God, one of them's got to figure this out in a second. And then the Ibex eventually got the wind of the bear and just went zoop and looked around (laughs) and spotted the bear so close. And he was so close, he didn't even want to run. He was like, that bear's yeah, too close. Shit. He just yeah. shut himself just, and sat on the rock. Just yeah. stayed dead still and watched this bear. The bear never even saw him. Oh, yeah. Just kept walking. He was and they went around other things. Just, yeah, just must have been too spooked by us and yeah. just didn't even see this Ibex and just kept going. The Ibex didn't even... After the bear ran, the Ibex went, Yeah, I'm getting out yeah. of here. But yeah, we got up into some real high country that day. Oh, it was a yeah, hard hard going but we did we did find a group um on this real steep slope the closest i got was 140 meters and again guides were trying to get down there too quick trying to trying to stalk too fast and they're onto us before we got even to 140 meters yeah and there's no way in the world like we're even in shooting distance and these things are these things are running for their lives off the mountain at 140 meters you just yeah not even, not, even close, not even close to an opportunity for a shot. And um, yeah, so that was day two. Day three, that was oh, sorry, day that three. was day three. Yep. Day four, we went to a totally different area, like about oh, 30 or 40 minutes drive away. Um, back down the way we'd driven into camp, like we drove back in that same direction. Um, I didn't even know where we were, like it was at, we were driving at nighttime, like in the dark and it was snowing quite heavily. And I knew that one of the younger guides, he was he was given um, three or four horses really early in the morning, like 4.30 in the morning, he was up riding off with the horses. So I was like, yeah. well, I know, we must be meeting him somewhere with horses. Yeah. But we went in a four-wheel drive. And I'll never forget, we were driving along this, the road got sketchier and sketchier, and we're driving on this very steep slope. The road was only the width of a four-wheel drive, and it was just a sheer drop-off on one side, like just... You just if you went off there you were it, end, was, yeah. it was you were several hundred meters before you stopped rolling. And I remember looking down into the river down below and there's a friggin' yak at daybreak, like it's probably minus fifteen degrees. There was a yak standing in the middle of the river, dead still at daybreak. Yeah, right. In eh? minus fifteen, standing in the so, water. So the yak is um Tibetan yaks, yeah. Tibetan
1: yaks, so they're so they native to the area. No,
0: they're not native. They're introduced, but they're uh, they, they're semi feral, so they're, they're so like they scrub
1: So it's it's part of the agricultural yeah. area. So they yeah. farmed. They you know, it's a they're technically a they're technically owned. Of the area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: They're they're a major meat source, and and you don't get many cattle up at that height, but at lower elevations they do have a lot of cattle and sheep. Yep. But the yaks are more of a They're more of a thing for the high elevations. And they're very woolly and they're just a a wild looking critter. But this thing was standing in the middle of a large river at daybreak when it was minus 15 degrees, not moving, standing dead still. And it was almost eerie Like looking at this thing going, what? It's not like he's trying to escape from the mosquitoes or something like that. (laughs) there's, (laughs) There's nothing. Like, why would you be standing in the middle of a river when it's... When it's like the coldest moment of the day yeah. didn't make much sense to me. But anyway, he was just standing in the river.
1: Unreal. We didn't
0: see bugger all that morning. And then...
1: That's the fourth day.
0: Fourth day. And we turned around from that track, saw no Ibex, drove back up that track. And um, I'm thinking, what are we doing? Like, where are we? What's the plan here? And then I'm looking over the other, the other side of this big valley onto the next mountain. I see this brown thing. I'm like, that's mm, not a rock. Watching, watching, then I saw it move a little bit. I said, whoa, 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 bear, bear, bear. And we pulled up, bino's out. Sure enough, it's another, another bear. bear. So
1: that's the fourth day, so third yeah, day. Totally day. Yeah, totally different,
0: totally different area, totally different bear. And this one was much bigger. Yeah. And once he legal to hunt? Nah, no, no okay. season there. Yeah, there's yeah. no hunting. Um, wolves, you can wolves, you can shoot on site. And there's obviously tags for... Um, Marco Polo and Ibex but yeah certainly not for bears they're protected yeah yep, heavily yep. protected and heavily highly treasured yep, by yep. everyone Up yeah on a pedestal yep. yeah yeah they're yep. they're really treasured same as the snow leopards like the the snow leopards are a really treasured um, and respected species yeah by yep. everyone hunters guides locals they're 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 really treasured by the locals there yep. yeah but this thing was much bigger and he just, like, no joke, he just ran straight up an incredibly steep slope. Like, just straight up a mountain and out of sight. Up through the rocks in the snow and just, it was like nothing. Yeah. I was, I was mesmerized. What's your
1: perspective how oh. soft we are, eh? Like, how that
0: thing, how oh. that thing survives out there, surviving off, he can't even catch anything. There's nothing even there that he can catch. Yeah. He can't go and pull, it's
1: like, he... He might have had a chew on that yak down in the creek.
0: Oh, well, a yak's probably the only thing he, Well, he could probably catch a yak, but, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, they're pretty big too. I, and they're pretty violent too. They, there was a horse in camp that had been wounded by a yak, had been hooked, yeah, right hooked hey. by a yak. So guy. they got a set of horns on Oh, them. yeah, yep. serious horns, big yep. horns,
1: yeah. You'd almost put, a, what, put it on par with our, our friggin' Scottish Highland cattle. That we have a few of them in Australia.
0: They're like a giant, they're like a giant Scottish Highland.
1: Yeah.
0: Cow. Yeah. Just right. on, on steroids sort of thing. Yeah. They're they're very big and they just they just they just a bit crazy. Like when they run from the vehicle, they buck and kick and jump and they're just not like a not like a scrubble or something. They just they just real wild. Yeah. 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 Primitive.
1: Right oh, Day five.
0: Well, going back to day four, we, right we ended up catching up with old mate with the horses and went up, went up this mountain, like up this valley where we had been on the first day where Owen got his ibex. Saw a few running off in the distance at like one and a half k's, like just no hope in hell. And that was the day where I was telling you before where I spotted those ones right up high where I got caught in the avalanche and yeah. slid down the hill. So stalked them, got up to where they were after probably two hours of climbing up a mountain and after falling down that avalanche, got right up to the top where they were. They weren't there anymore. Looked up the mountain and they're like another 800 metres up another mountain, just sitting there watching down.
1: He like it's
0: so, it's so like, I don't know what the word is, but it's not depressing, but it's just like, it's just stupefying. Like you just go, what the fuck? What am I doing do here? here what am I even, that. what am I trying to do? Yeah. Like they're just chilling like 800 meters at 45 degrees and they were there where you're standing Mm -hmm. only an hour ago they just walk up there like it's nothing yeah and then they're just sitting there in the rock just looking down just going oh there's something there's a human or something down there I can barely even see what it is but it's not a it's not a risk to us we're not even even going to get up we're not even going to get up from our beds so it's like quite a yeah it's, um, sometimes you just... Demoralizing. It's I demoralizing. Yeah. It is demoralizing. You yeah. just think, what? Yeah, what?
1: You, you, Your highs and lows would be so... Oh, not, extreme. Not just hills, but emotionally, you know, you, you, you're this close and then you're not. Yeah, you I mean? right. They just knock you back a peg every time. So...
0: Next minute, we've only just sort of realized they're up there. And the guide, Ruslan, he's he'd, he'd caught up to me by this stage. He was, he was sort of with me and... We're just sitting in the snow, chilling. It was a really cold day, a lot of snow, a lot of wind. And we're just sort of sitting there thinking, we were half contemplating just waiting down there and hoping they might feed back down in the afternoon. We are thinking about that. Next minute, see this mob just walk over a hill just slightly below us about say 500 meters away in a great spot for a stalk. And yep. there were some big billies in there. I'm like, holy shit, this is on. This, this is, is it, it. Yeah. this is it. Quickly got back down, like out of sight got into position, cruised up that way, got into a really good position, um, slowly figured out where they were, got up into these, this rocky sort of bluff and came to a point where they must be here somewhere. And then we finally spotted them 150 metres away, bedded down from the closest rocks we could get to. So that the yep. closest point we could get was 150 metres. And we thought, right, oh well, let's just wait here and see if they see what they do. They've either got to come towards us or they're going to go away from us and go out of sight. There might be an opportunity here somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, waited there for about half an hour. By this stage, my gloves are wet. I'm freezing. Like my face is just just burning with cold. Like it was. Mm. It was a really cold day. All of a sudden, they got up and walks kind of towards us. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this might be it. Yeah. We're hidden in the rocks. Wind was roaring past us. And they came into view. And I'm just watching, ranging, 110, 105. And that was as close as they came, 105. Then he starts oh, to man. get a little bit further. Yeah. And the guides are like, shoot, 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 shoot. And I'm like, nah. That's just past nah. the camp. it's thing. outside of our... We can't do this. Yeah. this, especially in this wind. There's no chance. Yeah, it's just just pissing into the wind. Yeah, you know, like, and it's so hard for them to understand that because they don't know bows and they don't mm. know like when you say, "Oh, my maximum is like 80 meters," they think, "Oh, well, 100's hundred's fine then." Like that's yeah, what they're thinking. We'll double it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's and 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 it was like this moment of. um it was a moment of realisation for me in that area, like where I was like, this is too hard. So this is not doing terrain well. wise. Terrain between wise. Between the terrain, yeah. just too much open. It's too open. In yeah. that in that camp, in that area, the the general terrain was too open and I knew at that point that I was just pushing shit uphill. And meanwhile, I had Baz and Owen back at camp. They've been, they've been, they were done on the end of day two. Yeah, they've now waited for me another two days. This is the end of day four. And um, through Google Translate, when these these things spotted us, the other thing was that like the main guide that was there, trying to film and trying to move, and like the the main Billy just spotted us straight away. Like he's not, yeah. they're not used to being that. Cl- they're not used to being a hundred meters from ibex. Mm-hmm. They never yeah. ever get that close. So. Yeah. They don't even know how to behave, yeah. how to move slowly and stuff like that and, and stay yeah. concealed. Anyway, they took off and I'm like, yeah, this is this is getting pretty tough. And anyway, through Google Translate, he goes to me, look, I've got another camp where I think it's going to be much better for bow hunting. How about we go back to the city, take Baz and Owen back there, and then you and me go to this other place. Yep. Yeah. This is what he said in Google Translate. I'm like, when I read all that, I was like, I thought about it for about half a second I'm yeah. like, let's fucking do yeah. it you put your let's trust in here yeah i'm like yeah. i'm like straight away my instincts just told me if he's telling me that area is better for bow hunting he's given us some thought let's do it yeah let's give it a crack because i know it's not going to happen here yeah. the chances of it happening i've got a better chance of shooting a unicorn here than i have got of shooting an ibex yeah so i was like yep let's do it back to camp gave out our tips that night made everyone happy packed up next morning wake up there's like a foot of snow over everything we got up at like 4:30 in the morning it had snowed its ass off all night started driving on our 10 hour drive out of the mountains you yeah. couldn't even see the road you could not see <laughs> where the road was you couldn't see where the road was yeah you like, just figured have a good gear it guess. was covered in snow yeah And a lot of this stuff. And these roads aren't. They're not even. No, no, no. This is like a bush track. Rocky paths. Yeah, just a bush, just a bush track. And so many times I was like, "We're gonna come unstuck here." Yeah. Like we're gonna hit. We're gonna. We're gonna get stuck. We're gonna hit big rocks. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna get stuck in mud and ice and shit, and we're just not gonna be able to go anywhere. Yeah. But we just kept persevering. He had good music playing, like. surprisingly good music playing just kept the mood good the vibe good and just kept going 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 and yeah eventually we got out of there and got back to a point where finally there was other tracks through the snow and you could sort of follow those like someone else had already been there and yeah we we got back that night and got back to the city and yeah just had a couple of days to yeah sort of sort of re um yeah, refocus and um, yeah, just just chill out a bit. Buzz and Owen changed their flight so because they were done. Yeah, they were planning to hunt roe deer actually those those couple of days, but it it was was actually pissing down rain in that area. Mm-hmm. Back to like where the roe deer hunting is is closer to Bishkek, like only two hours from Bishkek, and it was just shitty weather. Yeah, <clears throat> so they decided not to chase roe deer. Pulled out and um, just we just did some shopping and exploring and. Which is amazing, like, just, just checking out the markets and, um, yeah, just doing that sort of stuff around the city's good yep. fun. And they changed their flights, and, um, yeah, I said goodbye to them. After this was the, day six. Oh, that would have been, yeah, day... We drove out on day five. Yeah, right. Day on. six we would have been shopping. Day seven we would have been shopping. I think they flew out on the beginning of day eight. Yeah. And I, I drove into camp, into the next camp that day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, it was a whole day's drive to get back out to this new spot. And I was feeling, um, I guess I was feeling excited and... Positive. Positive, very, feeling very positive. Yep. And I'll never forget the message you sent me saying I've got a good feeling about well, you this. You sent me a message saying, <laughs> we're, just, we're packing up camp.
1: The boys have frigging got their critters. And um, yeah, they've got a friggin', um they've got plan B, mm. which is... Probably more suited for bow hunting, and I was. To, yeah, I remember that, yeah, mate. Rigging. I was walking around yeah, the market. Got a good feeling about this spot, not knowing nothing. Yeah, you didn't I've know anything. I've never been yeah. there. I've never done it. But, but that meant a
0: lot. That that meant a lot. That that counted a lot to my confidence when I got that message because I was like, yeah, well, that's exactly how I'm feeling. So just you keep yeah. you keep feeling like that, mate, because this is the sort of stuff that makes it count at the end of the day. This positive manifestation and positive vibes is what which makes it comes
1: back to that. Like in part one, we spoke about that inreach. Yeah, you know what I mean. That yeah. touch with the friggin communication back wherever home is yeah. with mates with family. You know, what I mean that friggin' warm fuzzy cuddle, friggin' right? eh let's do it. Yeah, you know I'm a mean? massive.
0: Like, I'm a massive believer in that. Like, it's not just about. It's not just about luck, and it's not just about skill, and it's not just about things panning out your way in the bush like there's something a little bit deeper and a little bit more going on when i think especially these more difficult hunts where you where you're really out on a limb and you're really pushing shit uphill there's something deeper that goes on when it comes to thinking positively and Mm -hmm. and um like i think the word is manifestation like if you if you're if you're looking at everything negatively and you're paranoid about shit and you're and you're worried about getting ripped off or things not going to plan or whatever like you you, you, you probably if you create a negative vibe well negative negative shit will happen that's right fu- it, it, it things attracts will, negative that's right so positive grows, that's right yeah and I am a massive believer in that because I've just seen it so many times now like I know I know for a fact that if you, if you think positively, if you behave positively, if you're a nice person and you're not a prick, good things if come. you, yeah. if you keep the vibe positive, the po- good things will happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So then, yeah, we cruised out to this new camp that afternoon, got into camp. I was like really hopeful and really excited, and just by the terrain I was looking at, I was like, "This place is better." Tell straight away, yeah. Tell straight away, it was going to be better. Anyway, I got left by myself at camp, and um, they had to, the other blokes had to go and do something. I don't even know where they went, but I was just suddenly by myself in camp, and uh, I was like, "Right, I'm going to get the bow out and have some shots." And started having some shots, and I soon realised I was shooting slightly to the right. For some yeah. reason, whether it was falling off the horse or whatever, or an avalanche, yeah, or the avalanche or whatever, <laughs> something. For some yeah. reason, I was just like at forty meters, I was shooting say, like three or four inches to the right. Yeah. And at eighty Would meters, you, I was shooting like six yep, or eight inches so to the, the right. The further you go back, the yeah. more that magnifies. Elevation was perfect. Yep. Windage was out. Yep. So I was like, right, let's tune this up a bit. Move my sight a little bit to the right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Bang on. And the last shot I had, I had a shot at 90 metres at a can, like a coke can and hit the coke can dead centre at 90 metres. I'm like, right, yeah. well, I, I know this, right. I know this is going to work. Yeah. So I had that confidence, like having those shots and I, I knew that the bow was on, on the money. Went out the next morning, um, three guides um, that I'd never met until that, like until the night before. So three new dudes. Yeah. Three totally new dudes from that area and um yeah we rode probably about an hour that morning and um got up to a fairly high vantage point where like what they sort of explained to me that we were going to be glassing from this point we got up to this like sort of peak and you could you just had this amazing view of just so much country you could see i reckon you could see about three or four or five k's in one direction and probably the same back the other and just so many folds and valleys and yeah just so much like from the lowlands right up through the um, through the through the foothills and then through yeah. the steeper peaks and then right up into the steep shit. you just had this like in Kyrgyzstan you just have this this spectrum of, of um, views that I, I can't remember like in New Zealand you get that in certain areas like in in the big the big mountains but you just have so much to look at like yeah. when we're hunting here we we'd, we'd like even when we're hunting like in the mountains in Victoria and that don't have a lot to look at really. Nah. Like when you actually f- measure what you're looking at, yeah. like when we're hunting red deer, say you're only looking at a very slim, um, you've only got a slim sort of visual view of, of stuff. Yeah. But in yeah. Kyrgyzstan you've got, you've just got so much to look at. It's yeah. just so much visual information. Yeah. And the number of Ibex, once we pulled up at this spot, I pulled the spotting scope out and got the binos out and we're we're all there just sitting there glassing. We could see probably 400 Ibex from this spot. Yeah. Yeah. And just so many different mobs. Mob here, mob up there, different mob there, bachelor mob there, nannies and kids over here, mixed mob over there, another bachelor mob. Just mob, 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 and all on different ridges and different spots. Just... Hundreds of them. Just yeah. hundreds of them. And just looking at the terrain, I was like, this is more this is like it. Work. This is more like it. Yeah. Anyway, we're like, right, we're going to try this. They sort of, one of the guys in, out of those three, he spoke quite good English. Um, Beck, his name was. Altenbeck was like, right, we're going to try this and we're going to try that. We're going to go down here, and then if that doesn't work, we're going to go down here. And I'm like, right, man, what you, <laughs> whatever, whatever you reckon, whatever you reckon, I'm, I'm, I'm sweet there. with. We'll yeah. we'll do anything. And um, so we rode down the mountain back back down to the flat, down to the river level, and got to this point where there was a small group of billies, like only three of them, I think, or well, there was three or four of them, and um, they were right on the river level, like right down low. But the wind was just completely up our ass and as soon as i got to the like as soon as we got down there i'm thinking what are we doing here like the wind the winds the wind is completely up our ass here like this is not going to go too well and they're they're telling me to get down low and they're like doing these ones like poking up their heads over the (laughs) over the hill with the binos and looking and i'm like and they're telling me to get down and like stay low and i'm like dude Like a cow, a a domestic cow could see you from about a kilometre right now, the way you're behaving. Like, do you, and you're telling me to, (laughs) to (laughs) stay down. And I'm like, it it gets frustrating at times. eh? You're just like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? Anyway, these things just bolt out of there. They're gone. Probably got our win. On to plan B. Get up in these hills and, um, they knew that they were up there somewhere but they like it was like spotting them from a few k's away once you get into mm. where they are it's sort of hard to pinpoint exactly where they were anyway we've managed to pinpoint these ones before they spotted us the wind was perfect and there was probably about oh, 70 or 80 ibex and 90 percent of them were billies there was just this huge mob of billies with just a few nannies in there That's strange real looking mob. Eye. yeah just a massive mob and there was just so many crackers in there And we're up on this peak where we could just really carefully come over the rise and glass them. And I'm getting a range there at like 140, 120, 150. Like they're all around that sort of, just a little bedded down. And there was a peak over to the right where all I had to do was look to my right and I could see I had perfect topographic cover. Like you've got to imagine there's no there's no grass or bushes or trees, trees or anything. All yeah. you're using is the land, Rooks the soil. And land, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking to my right going, I have got a perfect approach yeah, here. Yeah. I can get over there, up there, up there, and I'm gonna be within shooting range. Yeah. And I could see that from where I was from where I was sitting glassing, I could see that. Didn't have to even look any closer. Yeah. But it gets back to the old We've got to rush. We've got to get in there as quick as we can. Next minute, quick, 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 quick. It's all a rush. And I'm like, and I just looked at them in the eyes and I said, no, slow, slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Because at this point, there's no need to rush.
1: Because at this point, you're uh, (coughs) eight days into a 10 day hunt. Mm. That's what I mean. So time's starting to catch you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at them in the eyes, man. I'm saying, slow the fuck down. Yeah. Those animals have got no idea we're here. Yeah. They're asleep. Yeah. Why are we rushing? Yeah. And I'm trying to communicate this as best I can. Yeah. But that did not work. Still rush, rush, rush. Old mate, the oldest dude, who'd been there for, he probably was born there, old fella. quick, 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 go, go, go. And he's running and... He's just bolted straight across the section where they—he was in clear sight. Yeah, and they've seen him, and they've just bolted, and I'm just like, that's when I got frustrated at that, that moment. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, and they're, and that, and what happens is they—they they get quite blamey at you. They're like, oh, you weren't quick. Yeah, they, if, they, you, they, if you, yeah, if you were quicker, right. if you were quicker, we would have got a shot. Yeah, these things are running at 200 yards. He's like, shoot, 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 shoot. <laughs> they're running. <laughs> at like 60 k's an hour at 200 meters he's going shoot 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 yeah. and i just looked at him and god are you are you serious had a hoyt. just laughing <laughs> should shoot had a bloody bowtech. <laughs> but anyway this is what it's like and i'm just like that was quite frustrating that moment and yeah. i was just like mm. i did everything in my power then to try and have it my way yeah to try and do things my way and i knew I knew that I would have got a shot there. Yeah. But the rush and the frantic nature of how they just do things just—it's yeah. just, all over in a second. And those ibex run up sixty-degree mountains like it's nothing, like it's nothing. Yeah. And they're gone over the glaciers in five seconds. It's just yeah. to watch it, you just feel stupid. Yeah. You feel like an idiot to, just, be, to be so close oh. and then
1: just take it away from you.
0: Oh. Something you maybe could have avoided, like a high possibility avoided. Oh, I, it was it was frustrating. Anyway, old mate's got the shits. He's like, oh, like all walks off, all gruff. Like, oh, this guy's useless. Like he he didn't he didn't get <laughs> he couldn't shoot him at <laughs> he couldn't shoot him at two hundred meters on the run. <laughs> he's walked over this edge, and he's like, all of a sudden, I. He's like, he's yelling at me, bullets, bullets, bullets. He's saying, yelling at me bullets, which means arrows. And I'm like, fuck. If you're yelling at me, if you're yelling at me, the chances of getting a shot are not good. Next minute, this lone Billy runs out. Big cracker of a Billy, like beautiful, big dark cape on him. Big, like big solid Billy runs out. He was a loner. Mm. He was a lone billy and that was the first time this whole trip and the first trip, I'd never seen a lone billy before. That was yeah, the first always, time. Yeah, heard always down, in yeah. mobs. Always in mobs. And that just made me twig on I was like, wow, so that you do get loners. Yeah. And if we had have just been a bit slower and, and, and gone over that rise and checked things a bit more yeah. carefully, maybe we would have spotted that thing just bedded up or doing its thing yeah. totally unaware. But again, too quick, too fast, over the hill, yeah. boom, spook, gone, gone. Anyway, kept going. It was only, oh, we, we stopped and had a bit of lunch. We had a bit of a feed, which is usually bread. Like they, they have these like round, um, we don't have anything like it in Australia, but the bread, their breads are like a round shape. Yeah. Like a 3d sort of round shape, bit of bread. Basically, what you get is like a cancer sandwich for lunch, bread and some sort of like incredibly highly processed meat, like salami-ish sort of sausage sort of mm-hmm. just proper processed meat and a bit of cheese. Yeah. <clears throat> you might get a bit of sort of um, sardini sort of canned yeah, right fish. On. Um
1: Hand fish up there. You know those little
0: cheeses with the, those little triangle cheeses with the picture of the cow on them? Yeah. The little, yeah, you get them, but they're not the same. They're, yeah, they're right similar eh? shape and size, but different brand or whatever. But you just get basic. Yeah. You get a basic feed for lunch. Like it's just bread and cheese and yeah. meat. Had a bit of had a bit of lunch. Anyway, got back on the horses, kept going. Came over this rise, Not not long after lunch. And as we came over the rise, the, the old fella in front just froze and just came straight back towards us and said, stop, 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 stop. I'm like, fuck, there's something there. Yeah. Come up over the rise and he'd spotted, luckily, thank God, he'd spotted this Billy before it, it had spotted us. Yeah. Bedded way down below, just bedded under a rocky, like a, a cliff sort of yeah. face by itself, one Billy by itself, which is yeah. the second time that day we'd seen a lone Billy. And I'm like, right. This is it. Yeah. This is this this is our chance. Please listen to me. Please can we just do things my way? Can we just go slow? This thing is in a perfect spot for a stalk. I can get way closer to it from where we are now. So what sort of distance from when you come over the ridge to 250 yards or something. Yeah. Yep. But the topography from where we were, like from where like from where he was to where we were. So you're above him. We we're way above him. Yep. And it wasn't that hard to get way closer. Yeah. It wasn't very difficult. Like we weren't exposed. We could we could just duck around the side and get way closer and then suddenly get to the closest point we could without being yep. exposed. So it was not a difficult it was not a difficult stalk from the point from where we first spotted him to the point where I could actually shoot from was not particularly difficult. Yeah. But the closest I could get was like around that 70, 70. Like when I when I first sort of came into sight and ranged him was 80 meters, and I could skid down on my ass another 10 meters and get the where I shot from was 72. Yeah. So I've skidded down. They stayed back finally. They didn't they didn't follow me. They stayed back and watched. Skidded on my ass, and the closest I could get without exposing myself was 72 meters. And I'm ranging, ranging, ranging 72, 71, 73, 72. And I'm like, right, this is it. This is it. Get your act together, get your shit together. This is yep. what it's all going to boil down to is this Processed. shot. Process. I remembered what you said. Just think about the process. And think like, about honestly. The friggin-
1: Think about the frigging process, not the result. and yep. That'll happen. And
0: honestly, I went into total autopilot. There was yep. no emotion. There was, no, and like often there is emotion, and often there is like I don't think any of us totally escape like in inverted commas buck fever" or some sort of um, some sort of like um, yeah, some sort of excitement. Yeah. None of us are totally ice cold. Like no. there probably is a few of us, but I generally still feel excitement, even like. I stuffed up a pig in front of you the other day at twenty yards. Like like I I I it, it you still it doesn't matter how much you've shot or how much hunting you've well, done. It doesn't hard. matter if it's a rabbit or an elephant. Well that comes still... down
1: to the reason we do it. If it doesn't give you a friggin' buzz, mm. you know what I mean? Like maybe take up golf. Like Yeah, you know it's mean? like half the reason we do it, we get that heart pump, we get that adrenaline going. And you know what I mean? It's part of it.
0: And there's so many different mental things that are coming into play at that moment it depends on what sort of day you've had what sort of mood you're in what you've what you've consumed that day you might have just had a red bull you might have just had a cigarette or something you know like there's so many different things that can possibly affect how exactly your brain's working at that moment yeah but in that particular moment for me i will never forget this i was autopilot
2: total
0: autopilot just drew back, put like because I knew of the elevation difference in my um, like because of the elevation difference, I knew that I had to put yeah, my spin so on had, roughly sixty four.
1: A, com- a conversation range finder, so yeah, it range range was seventy two, yep.
0: and it was very steep downhill. Like it was nearly probably not quite forty five degrees, but close to it. was very steep. My cam was only just off the ground, yeah, and I only just had clearance. Like as I as I came up from my skidded. Arse position. I only just had clearance. So it would have been close to 45 degrees, 72 meters ballistic. And I think I put it on 64, thinking, right, that's going to be about right. And just settled that pin. Dead center on his chest. Just settled the pin and just got a perfect release. And watched that arrow sail out. And I, I heard it hit. Yeah. I heard that arrow hit him. He is bedded. Bedded down, facing yep. to the left.
1: Yep. A, what, like facing towards you or facing away no, from you? No, dead broadside. Perfect yeah, broadside, yeah, right. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Perfectly broadside facing left. Arrow hit. I heard it hit. Like, even at that distance, I heard it hit. And he just bolted out of there. And I just saw it hanging out of his chest. Like, yeah. saw, it, saw where it hit. And I'm money. like, you're dead. Yeah, you're yeah. dead, mate. You're not getting away from that one. And, um, yeah, what a, what a... What an interesting the flood of emotion. Character. Yeah, like... I've had some emotional moments. Like, I've had plenty of emotional moments. But this one... Just the work that went into this and the like going back the second time and the amount of ups and downs and lefts and rights and just the so close <laughs> the challenges it. and yeah. and and the moments that I'd experience and like to see that thing running off with an arrow hanging out of its chest I was like I just was like holy you've been an incredible really. feeling yeah I just I just I didn't fall apart at all at this point I was just <laughs> I remember just turning around to the guide and saying, I just turned around to the two fellas were when they said, "He's dead." He's dead.
1: But yeah, like you just said, like the emotional roller coaster, up, down, up, down, mm. and yeah, you know, in the hard work, like the the effort, the training, the practice, the shooting, mm. the friggin' 2019. In some will say it was a fail, but it wasn't a fail. No, it was not a, at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was part of it. That yeah,
0: part of the journey. Yeah, and.
1: To all unfold like that on the friggin. That's the eighth day. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I would have had um Whoa. <laughs> Jake's dog just had a bit of a quick spasm. You're right, mate. Share, but he's alright. Poor old fella. He's alright.
1: <laughs>
0: but, but yeah, like I had I had two more days left after that. So I had I had potential so like when you go over there, usually you leave two days at the end of your hunt for them to produce society's permits. Yeah. So that's generally the rule of thumb. On this particular occasion, when we got there, they said, look, there's just been a bit of a meltdown in the, within the government department that looks after these permits. It's gone from two days to two months. So those two days that we'd added to the end of our hunt... Which, which, which was normally the, the right thing to do, was now obsolete because we weren't going to be able to get our CITES permits and we weren't, be able to get a, we weren't going to be able to legally fly back with A, our horns, or B, our capes at all. Yeah. Not that you, like the capes are a no-go anyway because they've got to be tanned, but um, well, we were hoping on. to fly back with our horns, yeah.
1: We skipped over a pretty
0: important part,
1: I think, You've made the shot. Yeah,
0: you've made an all. Or- so it was day eight. Awesome day shot, day eight, and shot. I had I had two more days left. Yeah. Made,
1: you made. Know I mean? you've made contact. You've visualized. You mm. can see that arrow in the animal. You've turned to the frigging guides, mate. This, this thing's dead.
0: Well, next minute, yeah. next minute, t- one of the guides just absolutely took off on his horse. The one that was sort of one was sort of more close to me all the time. Like he was my main guide and yep. the other one just bolted on his horse. Just, just talk Are off down the
1: mountain. I'm
0: like, Oh my God, what, <laughs> what's he going to do to this thing? And the other one was down the side of the mountain. Like the old fella, he was down the side of the mountain. He was out of sight somewhere, but he next minute, they're both down in the Valley. And, um, Alton my main guide, he's like, let's go, let's go. And like you do, you, in that situation, you don't, you, you like, Instinctively, I would have said, no, just everyone wait. sit the F, yeah. f down yeah. and just let that thing go and die. Like, just yeah, please. Just let it have a pace. Yeah. But anyway, no, nah, not there. Like, it's just what you, what's normal to us is, is, is not normal there, you know, yeah. like, and they're gone, two of them are gone. Next minute, I'm on my horse. I didn't even, like, usually 95% of the time, you're, you're, you've got your own range, you know, you're steering your own horse. And I, I steer a horse like I steer a car. Like, yeah. I'm just like, left, right, left, right, go where I want to go. Next minute, he's leading me down the mountain. And this is, this is the wound that I've still got on my leg. Like, it feel, that feels like some sort of animal, that feels like a buffalo's rib cage in there, like right now. I'm, I'm going down this mountain, Oltenbeck's just just pulling my horse's lead rope straight down the mountain. And we get to this real steep, rocky bit, and I'm just like, nah, I'm not doing that bit. And as soon as I thought that, as soon as I thought I better get off the horse now, before as soon as I'd thought it, next minute the arse end of my horse just goes, yeah, and it's on top of me, just straight over, just bang, my bow's gone. Like, and I was usually one of the guides hold, like, is carrying your bow in a sling. They yeah. don't, they don't like you to carry your bow. They like to carry it because they're better horsemen and they're better. Yeah, they're just more capable. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel a bit sort of. It makes you feel like a bit of a dick, but you sort of just, you go with the flow. Same with yeah. rifles, like you don't carry your own, if you're a rifle hunter, they carry your rifle for you. Like yeah, they, right, they just, they, it's just safer and if you come off the horse.
1: I also think that would be part of, you're a guest in, the, your, in their yeah. country, I'll do this for you. Yeah, I've you carried my mean? bow,
0: yeah. I've carried my bow plenty of times, so I don't really give a shit if someone, yeah. <laughs> someone yeah. wants to carry it for me on this particular hunt, but Anyway, at this particular moment, because I've just shot, I haven't put it back in my sling. All I've done is—I don't think I even took the the um, quiverizer out. I think the quiverizer was still on. Yeah, it would have been. The quiverizer was still on. So I'm still. So I've got a quiverizer with with four arrows still in there, going down a mountain, holding on to the ho- like holding to me reins with one hand and the bow with the other hand, and my guides dragging the fucking horse straight down the mountain. Yeah. And next minute, the arse just gone out of this horse. And I, there's a horse on top of me. I can't – once it, the horse gets up, I can't feel my leg. But I'm so full of adrenaline, I'm like – Yeah, you're a high. They're, high all, they're, all, they're all yelling to get me down there. Yeah. And I get down there, and this Ibex is bailed up in some rocks. Like, it's just it's, – it's it's dying. Like, it's it's, yep. it's stuffed, but it's still up on its legs. Yeah. So I'm like, right, finishing shot. Well, mate, if you just, can get another arrow, they're yeah, still standing. And it was, even if
1: it is a – the perfect shot, you yeah. get another arrow. And I
0: just, exactly right. And yeah. You know how goats, goats will bail up. Like. Oh, they're they, tough critters. Oh, they're they incredibly tough. Like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe this one wasn't dead from the first shot. And just stalked into 40 meters. It's just, it's, it's stuffed. Like it wasn't going anywhere. I just stalked into 40 meters and just hit it bang on the second shot and just flogged it and dropped it. And that was it, I just burst into tears, eh? I um As you would? Yeah, I just burst into tears. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, holy fucking dooly. like that's done. And it still sends a shiver down my spine now, thinking about it like just the, the emotion and yeah, just thinking about everything that went into that everything that went into that moment and um yeah, to like yeah, just like it's, just, it's impossible to explain to anyone, eh? Like it's, it's impossible to explain when so much goes into something and, and in a place like that and like all the challenges that you've got to overcome and, and to pull a shot like that and, and especially knowing that I'd done the right training and done the right practice, practiced appropriately for the trip, the bow was on song. The right, the 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 the, the arrows and the broadhead the choice performed. Gear. The, yeah. the gear performed. It was like it was like a moment where I could just look back in one second and go, "You did everything right. You, yeah. did, you you did everything right. You you did the right things to make this happen."
1: Well, that's the only thing we, as bow hunters, have in control is gear selection. Yeah, that's the only thing we have full control of yeah we can't pick and choose what these animals are doing, so the mm. only thing we're going to take all them elements out of how your gear performs and yourself and just the mm. re- the rest is left to the gods
0: or that's what I right. call it and and all the other things that are going on yeah and, um it was really interesting this is a funny story for you like I have to tell you i can't i can't hide the i can't hide the truth yeah that morning like when I, like before I went on this on this second little trip, I went and bought a bottle of, I can't even remember what type of rum it was. I think it was, um, certainly wasn't Bundy. And it wasn't, um, what do we got tonight? It wasn't that either. It was some sort of, it was a rum that you would know of, but it's not common in Australia. I can't remember yeah. which one it was, but it was a black rum. It was a dark rum. So I yeah. bought it, I found a bottle of that in some little supermarket and I bought a bottle of vodka because they all drink vodka. They don't drink yeah. anything else, all vodka. And when, he, when the old fella in camp, his name was um, Uzak. When Uzak saw me unpacking my bag, he noticed that I had this bottle of whatever, rum and vodka and whatever. And he whispered to me like privately, oh, tomorrow, bring your bring bring, bring your whiskey. He said, yeah. whiskey, bring whiskey. And I'm like, righto. Eh? I wasn't going to say, oh, nah."
1: Yeah, we're hunting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, yep, righto. Eh? I'll bring some. Yep. And I don't think I've ever... I can't think of any... Well, I have been in New Zealand a few times, but I can't think of many times where I've ever carried actual alcohol in my backpack, on a, especially on a pretty serious hunt. Anyway, that day I did. I had yeah. a full flat, like a full canister of just pure rum and nothing else, just in a yeah. canister like that. And funnily enough, that was the day the magic happened. Anyway, as soon as this thing's dead, we're just into it. Like, Orzak's just like, yeah, get, get the whiskey out, like... I just gave it to it. Said, "Mate, you just—it's it's all yours, hard. brother. It's all yours. it's all yours. Thank you." And see, they're not used to rum. They're only used to their their bodies are only used to vodka. And anyway, this fella's just <laughs> pretty loose, pretty quickly. <laughs> and so am I. I'm emotional, and I'm I'm drinking I rum. you in the, the moment? Yeah, man. it's snowing. Like snow started to fall. We're getting the photo. We're getting these sick photos. And those
1: that haven't seen the photos, there are some wicked photos. And the, oh. and the snow
0: just started to fall. And it's happened a few times now. Like when I got my. When I got my elk, it just started to snow just as we took the photos. And same when I got my bighorn sheep, it started to snow. And there's been a few special moments where like we're just taking the photos and it started to snow. And it was just a magical moment and we're half pissed. And anyway, we drank this bottle, like bl- drank this flask of like this canister of, well, probably a liter of rum the whole way back to camp on the horses. He's just doing all crazy shit, like, tr- like galloping like across the most <laughs> wild shit, just galloping flat out across like yeah. 45 degree slopes and that full of rub. just stuff that you wouldn't, you just wouldn't have a picture. And um, we got back to camp, big celebration. And um, when I got back to camp, I don't know if you know Asif Ilyasov, who's a, he's an outfit, he owns uh, Global Safari. He's based out of Azerbaijan. Asif's that, that um, bald fellow with the wonky eye. Yeah,
1: I can't tell uh, I heard of him.
0: But um, Asif was in camp and he told me he was going to be there. He had three American hunters there. He was hunting in that same camp. So I sort of went into the actual hunter's quarters, like the main house. They were all having dinner. I was like, I was just covered in blood and dust and shit. And I just yeah. went in and said, Yep, just got it done. Started drinking, and just carrying on and had a quick chat to these three Yanks. But then Orzek, the old fella, came back in and said, Hey, Ben, you must come. Come yeah. to my come to my so, house, right. come yeah. to my cabin, you know. So I, I was like, I've got to do this. Like I've yeah. got to got to do the local thing yeah, and, and hang out with out the locals and yeah. celebrate with. He was yeah. so stoked for me, this old fella. So I went back into his his little house, and they don't even have chairs, you know. Like they're sitting around a like they're sitting around like your coffee table kind of thing, eating eating their dinner, and I don't even know what they were eating, but it was it didn't look that, that appetizing. appetizing. Yeah. And um anyway I brought my bottle of rum and then we finished that like the rest of that then he said and then I went and got the bottle of vodka and some of the guides were in there and we're all drinking vodka and talking and we had this amazingly like it was one of the best moments of my life to be honest like just had this amazing conversation like this really heartfelt honest conversation like I just really told them how how um yeah how appreciative I was for their help that day and and just like everyone was sort of just on such a high, like yep. it was just such a good vibe. Oh, like definitely. And Uzak's wife went to bed and then eventually some people started to go to bed and there was just a few of us left, about four of us, and we're drinking vodka. And he gave me this beautiful knife that he'd fashioned out of a bit of spring steel and um, Ibex horn for the mm. handle. This sick, like rough as guts, but a sick knife. Yeah. Like for, yeah. for those conditions, a great knife. Handed me this knife, said this is yours. Then he handed me a, a whip. Like over there, you've got to have a whip. Got to, you gotta, yep. you have to have a whip to, for your horse to keep it under control. And handed me this beautiful whip that he'd made out of Ibex leather. Yeah. He said, This is yours. And I was like, oh, like just yep. stoking out. And I gave him my O-Light, my really flash O-Light head torch, and I gave him my sitka gloves, and I gave him some other stuff, and he's like, Thank he's really appreciative. And, Anyway, we're having this great time, and and the vibe was so positive and so good. Anyway, next minute, one of the bosses from the outfitting company arrived, yeah, and walked in and was like, "Hmm, what's going on in here?" And I could tell straight away he wasn't
1: happy with what was happening. He wasn't
0: happy. He wasn't happy with what was happening. And I was like, "I better get out of here. I better go to bed." I was I was pissed anyway, so I was like, "Better better go to bed." I said, "Good night." Yeah. Walked out the cabin, there was a few other guides hanging around outside smoking cigarettes and stuff and sort of just started having a chat there. And then I see this commotion break out inside the house. Next minute that same dude that interrupted us ran in there, grabbed old mate by the neck and just pulled him outside. And it just was on, eh? Like just yeah, right, eh? and I didn't see this I, I was like I don't want to be a part of this like whatever's going on I don't want to I don't it's want to I don't want to feel like it's an internal issue yeah it's an internal issue so I'm not going to be involved old mate my mate who was my guide that day pulled a knife on the other guides and mm. sliced one of them open and the others proceeded to bash the absolute shit out of him like just holy dooly. his whole face was just like caved in like I've never seen injuries like that before in my whole life and I, like, the next morning he was nowhere to be seen. I was like worried about him. I was like, where the hell is Uzak? And once all the American fellas had gone out and everything had sort of, like the hunters had gone and left camp, he, he surfaced. And his face was just absolutely just cr- crushed. Oh. Yeah, yeah, crushed. He'd had, the, he'd had his face absolutely kicked in, like big time. Yeah, he, was in, he, had, he needed urgent medical attention sort of thing. And, um, I felt really bad it was a, it put a bit of a damper on it, actually because like I love that guy so much he was the he was the hero of the day, the old yeah. the old follower he's the old fella that's in the middle of the like the you know that photo where there's the three of them behind me in the photo yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the old dude that's in the middle, the yeah, old right, eh? and um you know, I felt quite bad, but I think I think probably in hindsight, he was probably an alcoholic and he probably wasn't allowed to drink, okay, and he saw me as an easy opportunity to. To get Again. some piss out of him. Um, yeah, he had a great day, but it just didn't end well. And um, he went; he had to go to hospital back to the city the next day. He's he's WhatsApp me since then, and he's okay. He's, he's his face good. is back to normal, yeah. But I don't know if he's still got a job or not. But it was just a bit of a dampener on the whole. But it just shows how wild, like, it's just an example of how... the
1: wild frontier, isn't it? That
0: doesn't probably happen every time, but that's the sort of shit that can just go down quite go suddenly. West yeah, yeah. Like it just went from being the best day of my life, highest of highs, again. to suddenly we're knifing each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty, oh it was pretty wild. And then from there, mate, it was just yeah, like it was just like this feeling of um, yeah, like wow, got it done. Just you know that feeling when you are yeah, it's it's this it's this crazy feeling of. Um, wow, job's done, yeah, you know, like, done, wow, job's, job's done. Start playing um, the next adventure. Yeah, like it's this relaxed sort of, you take it all in and you're just appreciating every moment and um, got back to the city and had a couple of days there to relax and sort out my gear and, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, just just basically, yeah, it's a, it's a very strange... Um, it's a very strange roller coaster of, of emotions and of, of of sort of it's very very hard to try and describe to anyone it wouldn't matter if it's you or my missus or my dad it's or anyone. It's a it's, personal thing yeah it's a very personal thing and and everyone's journey is different but yeah um, I it's it's very very difficult to try and put that into words even just even just driving around like even just driving on the highways and seeing seeing what life is like there
1: it's an adventure hunt yeah it's an adventure in itself
0: just just experiencing experiencing life in a totally totally different world to what we're used to and and um and being immersed in it and being part of it like if you go to You'd never go to Kyrgyzstan as a tourist. There's virtually no tourism there whatsoever. You wouldn't go there. You wouldn't go there as a tourist like you would to say Italy or Japan yeah. or something like that. So there's virtually it's no a mountain, tourism.
1: It's a mountaineers, like if you're a mountaineer maybe.
0: Yeah, like you there's so few westerners there. Like they everyone stares at you. When you go to the markets, everyone stares at you. Yeah, everyone just fluido. looks at you like who the hell are you and where the hell are you from? Yeah. No joke. Little kids were seeing Buzz, and I'm no offence to Buzz, but we all know what Buzz's apparent physical appearance is. Little kids were seeing Buzz and running away, screaming. <laughs> oh, poor Baz. Because even, they though, just he's never got,
1: even anyone though he's got like thick him. skin, that'd have to frigging cut
0: deep. It would a little bit, yeah, I think. Yeah, I like, think so. I saw that several times. Like, like it's you're in a place where. Yeah, like, it's it's just... You're alien. Oh, you're a massive you're a, alien. You're, you're alien. a massive alien. You're like, a massive alien. Well, oh, then
1: people probably never even seen the salt water.
0: No. No like, way. No way.
1: Let alone a big city, but, yeah. Anyway, guys, it's been a hell of an adventure. Um, and if there's something like this you would like to do, get in touch with Bannon at Silent Pursuits, and he'll do his best to friggin... Make it happen for you. And guys, um, we apologise from Friggin' Hunting Camp Down Under for being a bit slack on it, but um, we'll start, we'll hope to start friggin' punching a few more of these out for you and um, yeah, giving you something to friggin' listen to on the, while you're travelling down the road. Alright, guys, see you on the next one.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.